When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Whoa, whoa, where to begin? Where to begin? Uh, first things first, excited. I'm going to be with you for the next three hours. It's going to be a roller coaster ride. We've got Jake and Jacob who are producing the show. Gentlemen, I need you on board for this ride because while I'm hosting, you guys are going to be monitoring social media. Woj bombs being dropped left and right. What is Brian Winhurst saying? What is Tim Bontemps? We're going to actually have Tim Bontemps on the show at 9 o'clock tonight. Good friend as well, Connor Rogers from Bleacher Report is going to join us to talk some Mets. They're off right now, but exciting news in regard to both Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer, so we'll find out the latest there. Yankees in action right now against the Astros. 0-0, no score, bottom of the third. I will keep you posted on that game as well. We'll talk some Major League Baseball throughout the show, but obviously nothing more insane right now than what's going on in the NBA, NBA free agency. Whoa. And we've had some bombs drop today, right? Like where to begin? First and foremost, let's do this. Let's bring you up to speed on what's going on with the Knicks. There we go. What was that? Was that a, was that a Woj bomb? Was, was that your Woj bomb? Woj bomb. Woj bomb. Woj bomb. <laughs> so b- before, <laughs> let's get you up to speed on what's going on with the Knicks because that news I, I'm, I, I'm, my gut's telling me that that news is going to break while we were, we are on tonight in the next three hours. So, um, I, I just got off of daily wager. I just got off a, a TV show. So I, Jake and Jacob, I, I know you guys were talking to me down the line. What is the latest in regard to what we know that the Knicks are offering four year, 25, somewhere around what, 104, $110 million but also the Mavs now reports are they have made a deal for five years. What? So as the last time we saw from Woj, and can you imagine how busy Woj is in a day like this? I can only no. imagine his I don't cell know. Between, phone. Ba- between him and Adam Schefter <laughs> on, on free agent, when, when free agency starts. And Jeff starts. Passan with baseball. It's crazy, <laughs> these guys. I can only imagine. Their, my phone battery dies, and I don't even do anything with my phone. So days like this, I can only imagine. But Woj actually just tweeted out about five minutes ago that free agent guard Jalen Brunson was offered a five-year, $106 million plus with the Mavericks, and he's actually headed right now to a meeting with the New York Knicks, who apparently intend to offer him a four-year near $110 million. So you tell me, Anita, what sounds like a better deal? Five years, $106 million, or one less year for about four or five more million? Okay, I'm gonna go one step further. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, you know, obviously you do the math. Uh, you know, you're you're get, you're getting more money per year with the four year deal. Okay, but and, and and by the way, the Mavs can offer more. But no by state, the way, no state the, tax. The the Knicks, <laughs> there's that too, right? So it's 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 quite a few things here. Number one, um, the the obviously the Knicks can offer more. The Mavs can offer the most of anyone, and I want to say it's somewhere in the realm of like $100, $175 million. Now, is Brunson worth that? 
I mean, we could sit here and we could talk about this for the next three hours. Is Brunson an alpha? What do I mean by an alpha? An alpha means like a LeBron, a KD. Like, you know, are you going to, are you going to, is, is he a supporting player? Like we saw him, how how he played this past year with Dallas and Luka. I mean, Luka had, out of all NBA players, Luka had the ball in his possession 37% of the time, the most of any NBA player, more than LeBron, more than KD, more than uh, Chris Paul, more than, more than, more than, okay? More than than Steph Curry. He had the 37% of the time. So what does that mean? Open looks for everybody else. Better open looks for Brunson. So, you know, we can sit here and we can still, you know, we can argue, debate, is he worth this kind of money? Well, there's ridiculous money that's being thrown around in the NBA because uh, they're having such uh, a successful few years and the TV deals are ridiculous and teams have a minimum amount of money that they have to spend. The money has to go somewhere. Let's, let's you know, let's let's spend it here. Let's spend it there. I mean, a lot of, I feel like each and every year there's players that they get these deals and we're like, whoa, that player is worth that much. No, he's not. But, you know, the NBA is making money and they're collecting bargaining agreement. Teams have to spend it. So there's that, right? So that, that's first things first, right? Is he worth this kind of money? Uh, what is his role? We know what his role was in Dallas, and he was playing next to arguably one of the best, if not best player in the NBA in Luka. Who's he playing with here? So that's another thing, guys. Like, money's one thing, but, you know, if he goes back to Dallas, chances are Dallas is going to compete for another championship next year. Now, how far do they go? Big question mark. Luca, does he win? You know, like Luca's always in the discussion for MVP. Who's, who's, who, how, how many games is he going to win here in New York? So, you know, you, you've got to put a price tag on winning. And I don't think, you know, I don't think I'm, I'm going out on a limb here to say that Dallas is going to win more games than the Knicks like this coming season. Right. So, um, he has a better opportunity to win in Dallas. But what does he have here? Right? He's got family here. His dad is part of the coaching staff. He knows Tibbs well back from his youth in Illinois. He knows Rose. Extreme Rose was a mentor to him growing up back in Chicago and spent a lot of time with Rose and Tibbs while they were, they were, while they were uh, with the Bulls. And his father was an assistant coach with them as well when they were with the Bulls. Leon Rose is his former agent. There's family here. He's from South Jersey. His mother apparently lives off the sh- on the shore. He- she's a huge Giants fan. There's family here, not just at, of course, uh, the Garden and, um, and playing for the Knicks, but expanding out, right? This is home to him. You've got to put a price tag on that as well, right? So, you know, what, what do you value more? I mean, and, and you're right, you know, four years, a little over $100 million, five years, a little hundred. I think Dallas is coming in saying, yeah, but listen, you're going to be competing for a championship here next year. You're going to be competing for a championship next year in New York? I don't know. Can, can, can the Knicks make it to the postseason That's, with Brunson? Possibly. Brunson, you know, um, and, and, you know, mm-hmm. got to make sure you bring Mitch Robinson back. R.J. Barrett, we know. What happens with Julius Randle? Is this, is this a, a, better, a better vibe? Um, in, in regard to the style of offense they're going to play, does it suit uh, Julius Randle's, um, you know, his style of, 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 of basketball? Because we know that the players that they brought in last year certainly did not, and that ended up uh, ugly. So I get what you're saying, but what 
kind of to what you're saying, the fact that Luka has the ball so much in Dallas, and I know, of course, the ultimate goal is to compete for the playoffs, but maybe Brunson wants to have the ball in his hands more, and maybe he wants to be that guy in New York. So maybe that does come into play. Yeah, but at that point, like, you're going to be the main ball facilitator. You're going to have R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle to kick it to. I don't know if I'm feeling pretty good about myself at that end. Like, But in Dallas, who did besides Luka, I know they were obviously just in the playoffs, and they're a better team than the Knicks, but it's not like Dallas has a lot of great talent around Luka. Yeah, but at the same time, to, to you know, combat that, like they had guys who had defined roles. Like These guys... We got guys who don't even know what they want to do. Julius wants to be an A one year. He was a C this last year. I don't know what we're getting from each player day in, day out. These are guys who, majority of them are Bs, Cs, and Ds on any other other team. You know what I mean? Like, these are not A alpha type guys like Anita was saying. So, these are guys that don't really have the fine role. So, I don't, I'm not really happy about the signing because it's something that, you know, it doesn't really move the needle for the Knicks in terms of what they're trying to do for the long-term future, but it's a it's a relatively uh, all right, Listen, I guess. Th- this is this is what we do know. They're in desperate need of a point guard, right? <laughs> like, like we, we, we do know that. We do know that. And, and not only that, you're bringing in a point guard who's got a great relationship with Derrick Rose, and so you've got that one-two punch, uh, you know, for them for them to be here in, in regard to that number one spot, that number one position for the Knicks. Uh, but again, nothing has been confirmed yet. So I just wanted I just I wanted to bring you up to speed because there's been so much about talk about in, in news going on with the Nets and Katie and him, you know, but requesting. all signs do I, point I don't want to, to Jalen Brunson to the Knicks. All like all yes, signs do. Yes, point yes, but I'm sure. saying but I'm saying like nothing's confirmed Nothing yet. Is like that definite, John yes. Hancock is not on the piece of paper <laughs> <Exactly>. yet. <laughs> that's my point. That's that's my point. So but I just want to bring you up to speed. Chances are that news could break in the next three hours while we're on with you. And it's funny because it's not a John Hancock. It's like a Woj bomb, like we said before. That's like what the John Hancock is. Until you see Woj tweeted out, it's not official. Woj bomb. Woj bomb. (laughs) But we also have Tim Bontemps, again, who's going to be on the show at 9 o'clock this evening. So excited to get him on. Phyllis, get us up to speed on everything. Uh, Just the circus uh, it's it's been nuts. It was it's been nuts even before six o'clock, to be quite frank. And uh, and so we'll have him on at nine o'clock. We'll open up the phone lines eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. We will monitor um, every tweet, every second. Uh, and uh, if anything else is released or updated in regard to Brunson in the Knicks, we will let you know immediately. But quick break. We come back. Let's dive into the news of the day, and that is what's going on in Brooklyn. Okay, and that's with KD. It's with Kyrie. What happens now? KD has gone to um, the uh, the suits there in Brooklyn with the Nets and said, please help me. I want out of here. Help me engineer a trade. And uh, reports are uh, <laughs> 80% of the league has now contacted the Nets trying to work out a deal to get KD. We'll come back. We'll get, we'll get you the latest there. And also, what does this mean for Kyrie? Is he going to be here in Brooklyn with the Nets? Is he going somewhere as well? Is this going to be a revamped Nets team? 800-919-3776. We'll take your calls. I'll get you up to speed on Katie and Kyrie. And uh, magic carpet ride tonight. NBA free agency. Also, still no score in the Yankees-Houston Astros game. Right here on 90.7 ESPN. 
a couple of things right now that I just want to say in the in the instant wake of this news. Number one, it appears as if the Brooklyn Nets are going to honor the request and try to find a trade for Kevin Durant. And I will tell you that teams have been working on the, for this contingency for the last few days. They will hit the ground running, but would not be surprised to me if it happens relatively soon. The second thing is, I believe this will also mean Kyrie Irving will potentially be on the trade market as well. I believe that they will probably trade both of them. Uh, how that can be worked out and how that all play out. Um, the Nets didn't want status quo. They're not going to have status quo. <laughs> no. And um, I think we're going to see a pretty significant sh- uh, power balance. Kevin Durant is one of the top three or four players in the league. This will dramatically affect the balance of power in the NBA. It will dramatically affect how next season and the next few seasons will play out. As Brian Winhurst uh, talking about his reaction uh, when the news broke that uh, that Katie has uh, used the word demand, requested, please, to the Nets organization, help me find a trade I want out of here. Okay, so uh, before we dive into Katie, just to bring you up to speed, what have the Nets done today? They traded for Royce O'Neal from Utah. Um, in exchange for a first-round pick from 2023. Also, Claxton agrees to a deal to stay with the Nets, two years, $20 million. Patty Mills agrees to stay with the Nets, two years, $14.5 million. Of course, we know they've got Seth Curry. We know that they have Joe Harris, of course, uh, coming off that ankle injury. So, you know, just just trying to get an idea of of how this team is going to round out – Drummond is a free agent. Not sure if he's going to return. Still waiting to hear on news on Bruce Brown as well. But more importantly, Katie requesting a trade. Now, um, very, very interesting here in regard to timing of it all, right? Because let's rewind. We know that on draft night, Kyrie requested six teams that he wanted to try to agree to you know, a, a uh, an opt-in in trade or opt-out or whatever the case. However, he could have worked it with the Nets and we knew the six teams, right? And the Lakers being one of them. Then we find out, nope, he's opting in. He's back in for his $36.5 million. And I was hosting that night and had Bobby Marks on the show and, and the idea and the assumption was, okay, these three dudes, Katie, Kyrie, and Ben Simmons, they're going to give it another whirl. Give it a shot. That old good college try one more time. Let's see if this big three can win it here in the East. Okay, that's what the, the expectation was until this afternoon. Now, there was some talk and, you know, could the fact that Kyrie opted in, could he still be traded to another team? Yes, there was that possibility. Um, could he be traded to a team that maybe he didn't want to go to? Yes, because he opted in. The Nets had every um, right and, and opportunity to do so if, if, if that's the direction they wanted to go. But the, the assumption was if Kyrie is gone, then Katie is going gonna, is, is gonna to want to go as well. Or if Kyrie is gone, then Katie was going to sit back and see how this organization and how they were going to recoup and rebound. But now it's like, I just, I, I feel like the, it's a blank, it was a blank canvas. And now I feel like with each report, it's becoming more and more clear. Okay. It's becoming more and more clear. What happens with Katie? He wants a trade. The fact that he has a four year deal still left is huge. It is huge. Why? 
Because whatever team is going to get KD is going to get KD for four years. What do we hear and what do we know each and every year in the NBA? These, and, and I call them alphas, right? The KDs, the, LeBron, the LeBrons, you know, it's, it's, it's always they sign this two-year deal with a one-year opt-out. Right? So, so typically what they do is they play year to year. Why? Uh, because they want to have the control and the ability to go play for another team, another organization, and uh, join forces with a big three or a two and surrounding players that are going to help them win a championship. Right? I, I call it gaming the system. That's re- typically what I call it. But it's, it's really, it's, it's just, it's being in control of their own destiny. And so the fact that KD doesn't have just one year left on his deal, he's got four years. This is a big deal because he is in his 30. So whatever team he goes to, they get him for four years. So this is huge as opposed to a team who might be on the phone right now, talking to the Nets, offering X, Y, and Z to trade for, let's just say, one year. Because then there's no guarantee if it's one year, what happens? Okay, we're going to give up We're gonna give up these draft picks. We're going to give up these players and just get KD for a year. And then he's going to turn around and leave us the next year. I'm not going to do that. No, this is huge because now for four years, a team is going to know, man, Put all those chips in, in, in on the table. We are all in. If we get KD, arguably the best NBA player, uh, t- let, let's 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 say this, and 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 Jake and and Jacob, tell me if you if you agree or disagree. But like top ten NBA player of all time, is that fair? Is that a fair assessment in regards to KD? Top ten NBA player of all time. Oh yeah, for sure. I was okay. I was even gonna argue with you. Like, how often do you get? to trade for a guy like KD. Like how how often in nope. history have you gotten that chance? With the amount of years he has left on his contract also don't have to re up him or anything like that. So this is a great opportunity for any team that picks him up. I mean what whether it's the Suns of the Heat, even though it might be a third or fourth team involved in that. This is a great pickup. Uh, this is no, this is absolutely a great pickup, but also, and, and for Nets fans out there, they're like, oh man, this is going to suck. I, I thought, you know, we were going to have Katie and Kyrie. And, you know, of course, there's that question mark in regard to Ben Simmons and his back, and we haven't seen him play in over a year, almost two. But what, what the Nets potentially can get back for KD could be something that's outrageous, right? And so. So, so I just kind of want to break down the contract and where that stands right now and how that can be really, really advantageous for this Nets team. Even though, yes, I just said it. Anita, you're, you're talking about a Nets team that's losing, arguably, top 10 player of all time. Yeah, but he doesn't want to be here. <laughs> and and we, we know you, you don't want a disgruntled player in that locker room. Um, so here, so, so that's, that's, that's A. Part B is where does KD want to go? Well, everything we're hearing from Woj and Brian and Tim and everybody who's covering NBA free agency, two teams that continually are being mentioned, and that's the Phoenix Suns and the Miami Heat. Now, the Phoenix Suns have more cachet, have, have you know, and here's another thing, and uh, um, Stephen A. Smith uh, r- said this uh, earlier today as well. He's reporting that the Miami Heat um, have, have already asked for Devin Booker. At the end of the day, and let's open up the phone lines, 800-919-3776. If you're the Phoenix Suns 
and you have an opportunity to get KD for four years, is anybody off the table? Is anybody off the table? Is 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 Chris Paul and Devin Booker off the table? Because, you know, you bring in KD, you want that big three, right? You want that big three. Man, can you imagine a Suns team with KD, Booker, and Chris Paul? Whoa, watch out. You know what? What are you what What are you gonna have to give away? What are you know? I mean, you you look at this team, and 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 that's the Suns, of course. And you look at like I love Cam Johnson. Uh, they've got Bridges. They've got Crowder. It's you know is 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 that is that worth it? I, I say no. I, I say I say Nets shouldn't do this deal unless Booker is is a part of it. I would agree. Booker Booker Crowder. Um, either Bridges or or uh, or or Cam John. Actually, I I want. Here's what I'd want. I'd want Booker. I'd want Cam Johnson. I'd want either um, Bridges or Crowder, and I want a ton of first round draft picks. Do it. Done. Okay. Let's get the deal done. But here's the thing. I don't. I don't know if the Suns are willing to uh, to, to trade. I, I think Booker really would be that key. What were you gonna say, Jacob? I was going to say, I, I would agree with you. I wouldn't do any deal unless it was a signing trade for Aiton or a Devin Booker trade, including Cam Johnson, uh, Jay Crowder, because you need that young talent, but you also need that veteran leadership, and you get a little bit of both with that trade. And I feel like whether you do trade KD or not, you, I feel like you won't get equal value at all for him. He's just that great of a player. You won't get the type of value you want in return for him. So, um, again, I, I think really what's going to happen here is the Nets are really going to have to get creative. Maybe it's not just, you know, the Suns in the Miami Heat that they're talking to. Maybe it's mul- multiple teams that are going to have to get involved here, players as well as draft picks. Um, again, we're going to have Tim Bontemps on the show at 9 o'clock, so I'm really excited to get him on the show and, and, and do a deeper dive into, you know, what exactly can the Nets realistically expect from a Phoenix Suns team or a Miami Heat team or what other what other teams are going to possibly potentially get into the mix to to help this deal go down here's another thing you know it, it has to be in my opinion even though it's it's you know Kevin Durant doesn't have a no trade clause but he has such power because he's you know top some would argue best player in the NBA right now definitely top 3 he has such power that you know a team I don't see a team giving up a lot to go to, to to make that deal happen if they don't feel that he's going to be excited to be on that roster and excited to be a part of that organization for the next four years uh the length of his deal 800-919-3776 I see we've got some calls let's take a quick break we come back we'll get to your calls and then I want to talk about what's happening with Kyrie because boy um, <laughs> uh, he, he, this, this situation with Kyrie, he really potentially could have manipulated a situation where the Nets are going to be forced to make a trade with the Lakers. I'll explain that when we get back. But it has been floated to me by executives that, don't that do if it. they were be kept together, that, that the Lakers would potentially have a package that you could trade for both of them. Let's go! But, Richard. But, but we don't but we don't know. It's too it's too fragile. 
it's too fragile That's because we just don't know where KD and Kyrie are if they're still interested in together. But oh. it would take after seeing what happened when they were together, almost no team, <laughs> almost no team with options would do it. But the Lakers don't have options. Mm. So that's the only place I heard it was possible, it. but Russ we don't have enough we don't really have enough information to know. That's Brian Winhurst. Could you imagine? <laughs> oh never, never a dull moment. Never a dull moment. By the way, I uh, want to remind you, tomorrow, Bar A in Lake Como, New Jersey becomes Bar K. 98.7 ESPN Beach Bash. The Michael K Show will be live from 3 to 7 with giveaways for fans and attendance and music from Brian Kirk and the Jerks. It's all brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook, Casa di Monte Cristo, Calandra's Bakery, Rutgers Athletics, the Good Life Transportation Company, and PJ Tour to Superstores. Uh, you must be 21 years of age or older to enter. Yankee fans, no bueno, my friends. Uh, Yankees are down now 2-0 to the Astros. It is bottom of the fourth. Garcia, he's gone four. He's only given up two hits. Meanwhile, Severino, um, he's given up three hits, obviously two runs. And uh, uh, just by the way, uh, you can lay money on the Yankees at plus one and a half runs at, on, at, at even money. Just throwing that out there uh, because I just laid that. Just FYI. Uh, I, think the, I think the Yankees come back. Uh, that's what I think. Uh, you've got a lot of injuries uh, to this Astros team right now. They've got a lot of star players that are inactive. Also, they've got some uh, injuries to their bullpen. So they've got a very, very uh, short bullpen. They have to go to the bullpen uh, at any time. Um, I think that's where the Yankees can uh, can take advantage. So uh, I'll keep you posted on that game as well. 800-919-3776. Jim and Matt, I'm going to get to you in just a second. We just heard from Winhurst talking about the Lakers. Now follow me here in regard to Kyrie. Okay. Now we know he wants out of Brooklyn. When the news broke that, oh, he's opting in for that 36.5, we thought, oh, okay, the, the, the big three are, are going to return. They're going give to it, give it another go this coming season. No, 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 no. That is not what's being reported right now. He opted in, okay, because he is forcing or trying to force the Nets to trade him to LA. Now, here's another thing. Um, he's scaring off other teams. So the Nets don't have a lot of options here. Remember how we talked about how KD has the four-year deal and, and just how um, attractive that is for teams and organizations? Teams don't want to trade for Kyrie, have him come in, play this year, and then leave because everybody knows he wants to go to the Lakers. So he's really, he's, 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 placing and whether you want to believe he's doing it intentionally or not i do i do believe he's doing it intentionally he's putting the nets behind the eight ball he is not giving them any leverage in regard to them going out and trying to find a lucrative trading option for them what they're going to get in return for Kyrie because Kyrie is letting the entire league know i'm going to be in L- i'm going to be in LA i'm going to be with the lakers next year not this coming season next season so uh, whatever you want to give to the Nets is fine, but uh, you know I'm I'm going to be disgruntled. Who who know who knows you know what kind of effort you get from him, and really at the end of the day, it's all about him going to L.A. in uh, in for the Lakers in 2023-2024. So that does not put the the Nets in a really good situation. So they might be forced 
to have to agree uh, agree to a trade with the Lakers for Westbrook in exchange for Kyrie. So at the end of the day, the the Lakers and LeBron uh, could get very lucky in this situation because of the way that Kyrie has handled it all. His game plan was to end up in L.A., whether it's this year or next year. But by letting the entire league know about it, the Nets have no, there's no advantage there for them. They are, <laughs> it's just, it, it really sucks. It really sucks for the Nets when it comes to Kyrie, just FYI. And we just heard Brian Winhurst talking about both Katie and Kyrie going to um, the Lakers. What would that mean? They would send AD and Westbrook and God knows who else, a ton of first round draft picks back here to the Nets. I don't know if I want that. AD can't stay healthy. I don't want that. I wouldn't, I would, no, no, no. You've got, like, this might be the last, never in the history of the NBA and possibly never again in the history of the NBA are you going to have a top 10 ever player in the NBA with a four-year deal be on a trading block. No, no, no. If you're the Nets, you've got to take the best of the best of the best. Let's go to Jim. Jim, welcome in. Hey, Anita. Thanks a lot for taking my call. Um, I'm actually going to go the opposite way with this. You know, I don't know if I'd give up a lot for Durant. In fact, unless I'm a team that really needs to sell some tickets, I think I'd probably stay away from him. Why? You know, I'm so sick. Of, why would you? I, why would you stay well, away you, from Durant, Jim? Are you kidding? You were just saying about the the four year um, contract that he has. You know, he had that with the Nets a day ago, and and then he's just well, I'm deciding I'm out of here. I mean, it's so fickle with these guys. They they come when they want to play, or they they decide to go with their friend of theirs. I mean, he had everything. Hire your own coach. We'll pay you forty million to rehab for a year. We'll bring you the most talented team ever, maybe. No, I didn't win. I'm out of here. You know, I, I'm sick of that. You know, mentality with so many athletes across the board these days. Jim, listen, I hear you, and thank you for the phone call. Again, I call it gaming, gaming the system. It's what they do. Here's the thing: I think I've just become numb to it. Anybody else out there feel the same? Like I just, I feel like you know what? I've, I've, I've become numb to it because it's just, it's, it's, it's what we see. It's what they do, right? And you're right. You know, the, the the Nets did roll out the red carpet for Katie, right? In regard to salary and and you know letting him pick, you know Steve Nash. Even though I don't feel that these guys have a lot of respect for Steve Nash, Kyrie Kyrie certainly does not. Um, and and let's be honest, this 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 will be the fourth team. Can we just marinate in that for a minute? This will be the fourth team that Katie will have played for. Thunder, won it out. Warriors, won two championships, out. Here in the Nets, came here. This is what they wanted, right? Harden, Kyrie, KD, this is what they wanted. Didn't work for a variety, a plethora, a variety of reasons. I want out. This will be his fourth team. Let's go to Matt. Matt, welcome in. Hey, how's it going? Thanks, uh, thanks for taking my call. So, um, I just wanted to make a very quick correlation between what I think the Suns should do to acquire Kevin Durant. So I think uh, one of the great references you can make is the 2019 Raptors when they made a push for Kawhi Leonard. Now, 
what I think the Suns should do is if you give up Booker, you're basically just going back to an old model of basically what the Nets were trying to do with, with uh, KD and Kyrie. So that won't work. If you're the Suns, what I think you have to do is basically say, here's a blank check. You can take anything uh, but Booker. You can take Aiton, uh, you can take Bridges, but you can't take Booker. If Durant goes to the Suns, this will probably cement his legacy as one of the best all time because he'll get a ring, he'll have Chris Paul orchestrating, and he'll play off the ball, and he'll have one of the best two guards in, with uh, Devin Booker. So that's just a quick point I have to make. I think you have to be all in, just like the Raptors were in 19. But here, here's, here's and, and Matt, I appreciate the phone call. Here, here's another thing to think about, okay? And that is, and, and we saw what happened with the Lakers this past year. And you know when when you when you when teams go out and and they get these two or three, let's just say three teams that that go out and and get these three big name players, it's really hard, unless they've done a phenomenal job, unless they've been the Golden State Warriors of drafting players, right? The the supporting cast. You, you you can't win a championship anymore with just three players. The season is too long. Players get injured. You know, yeah, there's rest management, but the NBA doesn't necessarily, uh, you know, embrace it because you know, obviously, you've got you've got fans that come to certain arenas to see certain players, and then you know, if that player is off just because it's a, a rest management day, that doesn't look good for the NBA. So, you know, there, there's. Not only do you need the big three, but you need you need the, the right supporting cast around the big three in order for them to win. And if you are giving away the kitchen sink to go get KD, are, are you going to have the right pieces around to still win? Even if it is Chris Paul, Booker, and, and KD. Who else, if Cam Johnson's gone... If Bridges is gone, if Crowder's gone, if is Aiton is gone, you think you think the Suns are going to win? You think the Suns are, are are going to win out west? Clippers, man, next year the Clippers are going to be good, and they probably have the deepest roster in the NBA. So, um, Golden State Warriors are going to try to run it back. So it's not just the big, you, you know, it's it's that it's it's a balance. Yeah, you want to okay, blank check. As Matt just said, blank check. Okay, you get KD, but it, it now is 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 your roster anemic because you've given everything away. Where, yeah, it's great you got KD on your court out there in the desert, but are you winning a championship? Probably not because you don't have the supporting cast to do it. 800-919-3776. We come back. We'll continue with your calls. Full bank, and I love it. Um, and again, we've got Jake and Jacob who are producing the show. They are on top of all things social media. Uh, as soon as news breaks in regard to Brunson, we will update you. If anything else breaks with Katie and Kyrie in the Nets, we will update you. The latest with Brunson is that um, he's in a meeting either right now or soon to be with the Knicks. The Knicks offering him four years, anywhere between 104 and $110 million. But the Mavs have offered him a five-year deal of around $106 million. So, uh, but apparently reports are that he is having a meeting with the Knicks either right now or soon to be. Again, any breaking news we will have for you right here on 98.7 ESPN. 
the problem is going to be DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. Right? If Brooklyn is looking to re rebuild, what is a hundred and you know, $140 million of DeAndre Ayton? If I'm Brooklyn, I want Devin Booker. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for Devin Booker, and I'm looking for Mikael Bridges, and I'm looking for draft picks. Yep. Like, DeAndre Ayton doesn't do anything for me. And I know Mikael Bridges is a nice player, but I want star-level appeal for Kevin Durant, who's got four years left on his contract. Anita Marks with you here on 98.7 ESPN. Um... Woj Bob. Woj Bob. Woj Bob. Magic carpet ride. That's what's happening here. First things first. Um, gentlemen, who was that? Who was the clip that we played coming in? Uh, that was uh, Bobby Marks. He was talking about the Nets in Phoenix. Okay, so so Bobby Marks. By the way, I know we're sitting here and talking about you know a potential trade with the Suns and what what can what can the Nets get back? Here's a tweet from Bobby Marks. This is a list of players that were signed to the designated rookie extension, and um, and can only have one player acquired in a trade. Wiggins, Simmons, Embiid, Booker, um, Fox, Tatum, Bam, Trey Young, uh, just to name Porter Jr., just to name a few. So um, he's he's saying that the Nets are not allowed to acquire a player like Bam or Booker um, because of the designated rookie extension rule. So again, this is this is a tweet from from Bobby Marks um, that if it was a trade with the Miami Heat. Bam could not be a part of it. And if it's a trade with the Phoenix Suns, then Booker could not be a part of it. Just FYI. Okay. I know this is all very complicated. <laughs> we are, we are learning as we go and we are breaking news. We just had a Woj bomb. So gentlemen, what is it? Uh, I would just uh, update it. It was finalized that PJ Tucker will be joining the 76ers on a three year, 33 million, million, $33 million deal. $33 million deal. Um, I like it. Listen, uh, and, and, and here's some, some news that happened earlier, uh, and that is uh, James Harden opted out of his $47.3 million deal. Now, chances are what's being reported as well is that he's going to re-sign, redo his deal with the 76ers for about three or four years, $36, $37 million. So he's giving the organization back a good $10 million to work with. He's got a good relationship with the general manager. Big reason why he wanted to go. From what I understand, he wanted to go to the 76ers to begin with. More so than he wanted to come here. So he's got a really good relationship with the general manager. Um, obviously, this is going to help him with that fan base. That is, some would argue, the worst fan base uh, in, in all of sports. Uh, so what happens now? They get P.J. Tucker, who, uh, again, as uh, Jacob was just reporting, three years, $30, $33 million dollars. Um, I, I think it's pretty significant. I mean, PJ Tucker, he, he adds that, that bad boy mentality. There's not a lot of like, um, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of that type of mentality on that 76ers team. Right. Like, not um, at all. And, and I'm not talking about the Detroit Pistons of, of, of the heyday. I, I just, just that kind of like that swag that, you know, don't with us kind right. of, kind of mentality that he can bring great defensively. Also, He's got a Jacob. He's got a lot of experience in the postseason. I was reading somewhere he's 136 um, three-point shots in the postseason alone. So he's a seasoned veteran. He's been to the postseason. He plays with a chip on his shoulder, and and so I, I think he's really, really a, a great um, add to that 76ers team with Embiid and Harden. And 
from what I understand, they're not done yet. They still, the $10 million difference, right? right, That, that, that Harden has um, allotted to the organization, they still have room to make another move for another big piece uh, there in Philadelphia. So I, I like it. I like what the 76ers are doing, right? And that's exactly what you said, Anita. Like the extra $10 million could help them with uh, more assets off the bench. Uh, they earlier during the draft traded for DeAnthony Melton from uh, Memphis, who's also a great toughness player. He knocks down threes. He could facil- facilitate also. But with uh, P.J. Tucker, he brings that toughness. He does all the dirty work that probably Embiid and James Harden don't want to do. And he has also that great relationship with Harden coming back from Houston. And, and they uh, Darryl Morey. And, and they also have Adam Sandler doing all their international scouting. Right, Anita? <laughs> <laughs> I love I love that movie. That was a Hustle. good movie. Yeah, oh, good movie. It was movie. so good. For folks out there who, uh, who haven't seen the movie Hustle with Adam Sandler, it is so good. It is such a great movie. Highly recommend it. By the way, Houston still up on the Yankees 2-0, top of the six. Uh, Luis Garcia is 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 dealing, boy. Five innings, only two hits allowed, zero runs. Meanwhile, Severino, five innings, of course, three hits, two runs. Um, if this is Indian, any indication of how this postseason is going to go for the Yankees, boy, uh, that's it's it's really quite frightening because now this is the third pitcher for the Houston Astros who's been able to dominate the Yankees. Granted, you're gonna, I know what you're saying. What do you mean dominate? You know, Aaron Judge, three-run homer, walk-off to win. They split the series. Yeah, but both those wins for the Yankees came against the bullpen, not against the starting pitching, okay? So keep that in mind. Um, So I'll keep you posted on this game. Let's get back to your calls, 800-919-3776. Let's go to Josh in Columbus. Josh, welcome in. Good evening. Hi, Anita. How are you? Great. So that, that Bobby Marks tweet kind of puts a damper on what I was going to say, but uh, the Nets have no leverage here unless they're willing to get into a staring contest with KD when training camp starts. If, if he wants to go, he's got to go. So if I'm Phoenix, I'm not putting Booker anywhere near the table. And obviously that can't happen now, but I think the Nets need to decide, do we want a ton of players or do we want a ton of draft picks? I don't see a combination where they get both. I mean, Miami, I think uh, – Hero, Duncan Robinson, two or three picks. Maybe Utah wants to get out in front of Donovan Mitchell asking out, and maybe there's a deal that could be worked out there. But I, I, I understand that the, the type of player that Katie is should create this unbelievably historic haul, four first-round draft picks and all-star and rotation players, but the Nets just have no leverage, and I, and I, I don't see a team ponying up that kind of offer knowing that. I don't know, Josh, is it is it Aiton and Chris Paul and Cam Johnson with a, a bunch of first-round draft picks? Could that be it? I mean, I, I could see Cam Johnson and Aiton. If I'm Phoenix and I'm going all in on this move, I'm not going to trade Chris Paul because um, he's the engine that makes them that team tick. So if I'm Phoenix, I'm saying I need Paul, Booker, Durant, and I think I can fill in around them with what I've developed internally enough to be competitive out west. Same thing in Miami. I think that if I'm Pat Riley, I can live with losing Hero and Duncan Robinson and maybe another young player, but I need my core of Bam, Jimmy Butler, and and, and KD. So that's why I don't see any of these teams are going to be willing to part with that all-star caliber player because they're going to say, no, 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 this, this doesn't make sense for me unless I have that core for them to join. Thanks for the phone call, Josh. Let's go to Mel in New Jersey. Mel, good evening. 
Hey, good evening, Anita. Let me first off by stating that the Nets um, general management, they've been doing a great job for over the past 10 years. You know, before Kyrie and KD came here, they was on the rise. They had great talent. Um, when Kyrie had that issue two um, seasons ago when he was missing two weeks, I supported that. You know, um, he said he had an issue then, like where America was going, he had to stand up for that. When Kyrie uh, sat out for the people in New York who lost their jobs because of the vaccine, vaccination, you know what I'm saying? I supported that. You know, because as we grow up, we see that um, different celebrities and athletes, you know, they stand up for the people. I supported that. Now, this right here, I, th- I feel like this is very immature of, of both of them, you know, because they're not taking um, – they're not taking responsibility, and they feel like they don't have any consequences for their actions. They came to the net, and they basically threw in a shambles. They was on the rise. They had talent. They had picks. And they gave it all up for these guys, you know. And now they set back 15, 15 years maybe, you know what I mean? And I just feel like that's wrong of both of them. And they should just stick it out, bring this championship home to the Nets. Yeah, Mel. Listen, I, I I hear you, and I I I I hear your pain, man. <laughs> but uh, th- but I I just that's not happening. I just don't see that happening. I, I think I think I think this is it. I think Katie's gonna go play for another team, possibly Phoenix. Um, who knows? Maybe Miami. And and I think Kyrie has uh, manipulated the system and and has done what he's needed to do to uh, put the Nets. Uh, in in a very uh, very difficult situation where they have no leverage at all, and they might be forced to trade Kyrie to the Lakers in exchange for Westbrook and some picks because um, teams out there don't want to trade for him. Teams out there don't because they they don't want to trade, bring him in for one year, knowing that, and he's made it public that he wants to go to L.A. in 2023-2024. So... Um, Nets are not a, not not in a good situation. I, I'm I'm really intrigued. It's really going to be interesting to see, you know, what they're able to uh, what they're able to negotiate here, and what are they going to get back in in, in regard to Katie and Kyrie. Uh, we were going to have Connor Rogers join us at the top of the hour, but we've got a full bank of calls, and I want to get to everybody. So Brett Hammer, Matt, CJ, hang tight. We get back. I'm going to go straight out to the phones. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll let you in. Get your thoughts on on all that's going on. Really uh, crazy crazy evening here. With, with NBA free agency. Uh, Connor Rogers is going to join us at 8.30. We'll get a Mets update. What's the latest with DeGrom and Max Scherzer? How soon will we see them back in this rotation? And, uh, and oh, look, Yankees are on the board. How about that? <laughs> Top of the six, one out, and, uh, and Yankees are on the board. It looks like, was it a Rizzo home run? It sure was. Rizzo went yard. So now uh, Yankees up one. I'm sorry, Yankees are on the board. Astros are still up. It's 2-1, Astros. But top of the six, one out. Can there be a rally here? Let's see. More to come. 98.7 ESPN. Knicks fan Stephen A. Smith feeling good about Jalen Brunson four years, $110 million? No. <laughs> damn all. it. Um, let me be very clear. <laughs> Jalen Brunson is a damn good basketball player. Jalen Brunson should be applauded for turning himself into the player that he is. He is a better fit for the Knicks than what they have had. He's going to help them improve. But we just finished talking about Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. We know Jalen Brunson ain't in that category. And that's the issue that I have with the New York Knicks. 
It's Stephen A. Smith on the Michael K. Show uh, talking about Jalen Brunson. What's the latest? Um, we reported when we started the show at 7 o'clock this evening and nothing really has changed. Um, reports are the Knicks offering him four years, anywhere between 104 to $110 million. Uh, the Mavs in that deal as well, offering him five years, anywhere between 106 and 110 as well. You're like, well, Anita, four years, five years, getting more money per year with a four. Yeah, but better opportunity to win, go back to the postseason in advance uh, in the postseason with Luka on your, uh, you know, on your hip pocket with Dallas, but there's still a lot here in New York as well that you got to put value on for Brunson. Uh, just his father being a part of the coaching staff, former agent running the team, knows Tibbs, knows Derrick Rose extremely well, uh, originally born here in New Jersey, mother still lives here on the shore. So, um, so a lot of reasons why, and, and reports are that he is going to sign with the Knicks and also reports are he's meeting with the Knicks tonight, whether that means he's in a meeting right now or soon to be. And, uh, I'm with you until 10 o'clock. We've got Jacob and Jake who are producing the show. They're monitoring all things, social media. So as soon as that news breaks, we'll have it for you. Um, top of the six, two outs Astros still up on the Yankees two one Rizzo with some action, um, with a solo home run. Uh, to get a little bit closer, but uh, good pat- good pitching duel that's happening right now with Severino and Garcia. 800-919-3776. I want to get to as many calls as we can. We've got a full boat, and that's fantastic. Let's go to Brett in Stony Brook. Brett, welcome in. Thank you, Anita. I really appreciate it, Anita. I have a, I have a potential trade partner. Um, I, I don't know if it would work out, but if the Nets get a call from the Pelicans who might be interested in in moving a much maligned Zion Williamson with additional assets. Who says no in that spot, in your opinion? I say, I say no. I don't want Zion. You don't Dude, want Zion. He, I mean, here's a, a, Brett, a he, Brett, he can't, he can't, he can't stay healthy, Brett. He can't stay healthy. But if you got Zion and somebody like Jonas Valachunas, who's a, you know, a steady force in the middle, you get some picks which the Pelicans have had, they got from the Drew Holiday deal. You don't think that that's enough of a risk for, for the Nets to do? I mean, I'm not sure if Kyrie, Ben Simmons, and Zion ever play a game ever the way that their track record is, but I do feel as though that is a potential generational talent. Um, and, you know, with somebody like Joel Embiid who took some time to get healthy um, and, and he's become who he is, so potentially Zion Williamson is somebody you can build around. Listen, Brett, absolutely, and thanks for the the phone call. I'm with you. Like he is a generational talent. Absolutely. My biggest concern is can't stay healthy. Can't stay healthy. So too 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 much too much risk. Not enough. Well, I shouldn't say that. Yeah, if he can stay healthy, huge reward. But I don't. And and I'm a gambling woman. I just track record and everything we hear out of New Orleans. I just, no, no deal for me. I'm staying away from Zion. Let's go to CJ in Staten Island. CJ, you're up. Hey, how you doing, Nina? Thanks for having me. Um, I honestly feel like this is the one time where the players finally hold their edge over the owners. They're getting their way. They're going out there. They're able to, you know, team up again and, you know, make the bucks. As far as trades, I'm trying to believe it's not going to be a one-team trade. I don't think it's going to be Nets, Phoenix, Nets, L.A., especially the fact that Kyrie said, okay, I'm going to L.A., that's it. I think it's going to be more of like a 3-4 team trade where everybody's going to be, uh, pitch into the community pot. So, like, L.A.'s going to 
going to throw two picks in. Phoenix will throw two picks in. You know, then maybe even a third team for that matter. Because as we all see, this is a huge deal. This is tremendous for one team to handle. If you have multiple teams putting together everything and sending it to the Nets, and the Nets just dispersing everybody out, and not to say only that, you know, the Nets are only going to get, you know, um, Westbrook, the Suns could get AD for you know, and it could be the other way around, you know. And I honestly feel if they go that route, the Nets will go from a potential contender that we were seeing the last two or three years to the team rebuilding with basically four, four, three to 14 picks. The other thing could be L.A. just doing the Rams ordeal, like like McFay in the NFL, and just shooting out all their first-round picks for, for win-now mode. I mean, obviously it works for him, but, I mean, the NBA is different. But I could see it being more than a, a straight team-to-team swap. It, I, I, it doesn't seem logical well, we'll, for it to well, be CJ, that what- yeah, I mean, and, and and thanks for the the phone call, CJ. I mean, this is this is what this is also what we're hearing, right? Is that um, more than likely it's it's going to be a number of teams in the mix to make that deal very lucrative and a deal that the Nets want to um, sign off on. And, and, and really, what the key is here, and we talked about it when we started the show a little over an hour ago, and that is the fact that it's a four year deal that a team is getting along with KD, not just a one-year deal where you're trading for KD um, and all you know is you're going to have him for one year. You got him for that one year to try to win a a championship that year, and then you don't know. He can go. That's not the case here. It's a four-year deal. Uh, 800-919-3776. Let's go to uh, Hammer in the Bronx. Hammer, you're up. Welcome in. What's up, Anita? It's been a while. Hope all is well. Thank um, you. At, at, this, at this point, I don't get KD. Like, dude is just, he constantly has to take his ball and run away with it. Like, he couldn't win in OKC. He goes to Golden State. He's not happy with Golden State because they were trying to play long green. He goes to the match. Kyrie, total head case. Why would the Lakers want to take a chance on a guy that didn't play 137 games in two years? Well, there's no logic in that. Like, I thought about a standpoint of maybe bringing uh, Westbrook to Brooklyn, realign him with KB. We have OKC all over again. At this point, when it comes to Kyrie, I feel like he can't win the whole thing anymore unless he's playing with LeBron. That's the only way it's going to happen. But are the Lakers really that dense that they're going to take that chance on a guy that can never play a full season anymore for whatever reason they yeah, you know, Hammer, here's the thing, and, and unfortunately we have a bad connection, so i got to let you go, but, um, you, you know, there's so, much, here's, there's so much baggage that comes with Kyrie. It's like, I, I'm going to use this analogy, you know, whether, you know, it's, it's you meet somebody who's just, you know, absolutely, um, you know, gorgeous, hot, however you want to phrase it, but, you know, <laughs> but she or he comes with baggage. And a lot of times you're like, yeah, but man, she, she or he, they're, they're so beautiful. They're so hot. Like you love having them on your arm, you know, but at the end of the day, there, there's drama there. There's baggage. It's always, there's always something. It's, 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 it's high maintenance. It's high maintenance. Like, I, I don't know about you. Like, I, like, I, I don't have time for that. I, I, I run far away. I'm like, nope, not for me. Life's too short. It's not, a, that's, I don't understand. 
and there's a track record here, right? There's a track record here. You, and, and you know, I, I always, I, I like to envision the scales of justice, right? Like, and, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, you know, that it, it, it's a scale. And then on each side, it, you've got, you've got the, that, that half like round moon shape kind of, you know, uh, kind of ball situation. And, you know, you, you, a lot of times people use it like to, to weigh jewelry, against one another. Do you know what I'm talking about? And on one side, okay, you've got Kyrie and all that he brings to the table um, for a, an NBA team, right? And, and, and he's, he's a phenomenal talent. Uh, there's, I mean, there's a lot of weight there. But on the other side, it's just, it's so much baggage. It's so much drama. It's, it's not getting vaxxed. It's, um, it's, it's this. <laughs> what, what he's engineering to try to get his way to get to the Lakers. It's all of that. Like, I, 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 I'm, I'm an organization. I'm an owner. I'm a general manager. Like, I, I don't want, like, I, I understand how great he is, but like, I, I don't want that in my, I don't want that in my organization. I don't want that in my locker room. I don't want that drama. I don't want to have to deal with all that BS. I don't want to do it. And, and, and there's a track record here. So, I mean, the Nets had to know what they were getting into. KD and Harden had to know what they were dealing with. I mean, there's, there, there are endless reports out of Cleveland, endless reports out of Boston about KD's character and what you have to deal with and what he brings to the table and how he operates. So, <laughs> in my opinion, let him go to LA. Good luck, LeBron. Round two, baby. Work it out. <laughs> Work it out. Steve, Leo, Simon, hang tight. Also, when we come back, I, I want to I throw this question out to you because, you know, we're sitting here and, and, and we're, we're talking about KD in the short term. Short term meaning, okay, he's on the nets right now. He's requested, demanded, slash requested a trade. Is he going to go to the, the Phoenix Suns? Is he going to go to Miami? Big picture here. What about his legacy? We just, we've come to an agreement, me and, and Jacob and Jake, our producers, and I'm sure our listeners out there, that Katie is top 10 player ever in the history of, of, of the NBA. But is the way that he has maneuvered and operated his tenure hurt his legacy? I say it has. What say you, when we get back, I will give you my argument as to why I feel his legacy is damaged because of the way that he has operated in the NBA. So we go to the top of the seventh. So Yankees, uh, another opportunity to try to put some more runs on the board. Um, Rizzo with a solo home run. That's how the Yankees got that one run. Garcia, um, he's out now. A little over five innings, three hits, one run. Severino, he's still dealing. Six innings, three hits, two runs. We'll see what happens here at the top of the seventh. Uh, talking legacy, I'm going to get your calls in just a second. As we know, KD has two championships, but this will be his fourth organization. Wherever he goes, assuming that the Nets end up uh, working out a deal, a trade, with, uh, whether it's, it's the Suns, the Heat, or a variety of teams, whatever's going to happen. It, so he has two championships with four teams. 
you know, even though, and, and, and we in society, that's how we judge, right? That's how we like, oh, who's the greatest of all time? Oh, it's the number of championships, even though it's a team sport, which I don't agree with, but that's a topic for a whole nother show. But nonetheless, one, it's championships, but number two, it's tenure with an organization. You know, when, when, when you talk to folks, all right, you know, like, who do you think the best, you know, we talk about Michael Jordan, six championships, but all with the Bulls. Okay, yeah, towards the end of his career, he went, he played for uh, Washington. He's, you know, part owner of NBA teams now. Okay, but Kobe Bryant, five with the Lakers. Magic with the Lakers. Duncan with the Spurs. Dirk, even though, you know, doesn't have a plethora of championships, but, you know, never left Dallas. So, you know, I, I just, I, I, I think KD, and it's my opinion, I think he's hurting his legacy by going to another team. Thunder, Warriors, Nets. And, and same thing with LeBron. Same thing with LeBron. Okay? Four championships, but with a variety. Cleveland leaves Cleveland to go to the Heat. Leaves the Heat to go back to Cleveland. Leaves Cleveland to go to the Lakers. Blah, 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 blah. I just, to, to me, it, 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 it tarnishes the legacy. For, for, you know, for whatever reason, take it for what it's worth. Just my two cents. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Steve in Wayne. Steve, welcome in. Hi, Anita. Thanks for taking my call. Hi. Um, I'm a, I'm a lifelong Nets fan. In fact, I was at the first ever Nets game at the Teaneck Armory. Um, This has been a rough, a rough year. Mm. Um, I don't think Kyrie Irving ever plays another game for the Nets. I know I've listened all day long to people talking about, you know, the team won't be so bad with Kyrie and Ben and whatever other pieces they put together. But I just don't think he'll he'll ever wear the jersey again, and that's not obviously upsetting at this point. Um, as far as trading him to the Lakers, over my dead body, um, especially if it involves taking Westbrook back. Um, I don't see Westbrook as anything more than a negative asset, and I think that the Lakers still owe the Pelicans a bunch of picks and pick swaps, so I'm not sure that there's really anything there for us that way. Um, I would let Kyrie sit out before I trade him for Westbrook. As far as KD's legacy, he's never won anything without Curry, um, and I don't know if he ever will. Um, You know, if he goes to Phoenix – that's already a team that's kind of on the cusp of it. So, um, you know, I'm not as upset as at Kevin as I am as at Kyrie. Um, but like I said, there's no way I'm helping Kyrie get what he wants. He blew this whole team up. I I, I hear you, Steve. Uh, and um, there, there, again, because it, it, he's he's making a public service announcement, letting the entire NBA know he wants to be in L.A. Not obviously, you know, he, he wants to be there immediately, but if he doesn't arrive there this year, he's definitely going to leave and go there in the 2023, 2024 season. And therefore really putting the nets in a very, uh, no leverage situation, which is really, really unfortunate considering, um, you know, is, is what the nets uh, were able to create for him and, and Harden and KD. And then that didn't work. And now here's another thing. We're, we're an hour and 28 minutes into the show. We haven't even mentioned Ben Simmons. What's Ben Simmons? Ben Sim- Can you imagine? What's Ben Simmons thinking right now? <laughs> oh, man. What a, what a mess. What a complete mess. Let's go to Leo in PA. Leo, welcome in. 
Hey, how you doing, Anita? Great. Welcome in. Uh, so, uh, so, no, my whole thing is, uh, to be honest with you, when Durant first got drafted by Supersonics, uh, I was really ecstatic. I, I liked him. He was a great player. Obviously, he still is a top-ten player. But the thing with me is, like, you're right. Moving from team to team is just hurting, I think, every superstar's legacy that can't stay in one place. The outlier, obviously, is Curry, who's been there, won there plenty of times. But my main, my main question is, if, if they're going to get a haul for Durant, and Durant wants to go to contender, what kind of contender is he going to be put into if they're literally going to give up everything right. to get him? Yeah, Leo, we, we, so, we talked I mean, about... Me, there's nothing out there, to be honest with you. You're, no, Leo, you're right, and, and we talked about it a little bit earlier. Appreciate your call, and that is... You know, what what the Nets are going to want back in exchange for KD is, is going to be something tremendous. And then what happens? Because one thing that we, have, we, have, we, we are seeing, especially as of late in the NBA, our teams, a big three just doesn't fit it, right? Like you need a big three plus a supporting cast of players. And if you don't have that supporting cast, especially as long as the season is, players get injured, it's very competitive now, both East and West. So, um, you know, but the fact that KD has a four-year deal, um, is it a year where he goes and, you know, it's, it's, it, here's the thing. It's not a one-year, uh, all right, I'm, I'm coming here for one year. We're going to try to win it this year. Who's ever trading for him is going to get him for four years. Four years. So, Nick, Anthony, Simon, John, hang tight. I, I do want to get to your calls. We've got um, Connor Rogers, who's going to be joining us. He's got a podcast that he does talking all Mets. Um, on Bleacher Report and SNY, by the way. So I, I do want to switch gears here just for a second. The Mets are off tonight, but some really exciting and um, and, and optimistic news pertaining to Max Scherzer and uh, Jacob deGrom. So that's why I, I, I wanted to get Connor on. We'll bring you up to speed. When can we expect them back with the Mets and in the rotation? We'll find out next. Also, Unfortunately, uh, Yankees are down to the Astros right now, 2-1. It is bottom of the seventh. So, unfortunately, uh, the seventh inning was not good for the Yankees. They weren't able to put any runs on the board. They still have two innings left. We'll see if they could tie it up, maybe go into extra innings, or maybe uh, the Astros are already in their bullpen. So maybe they can make some damage there. The Astros are coming in with a very thin bullpen to begin with. So maybe, you know, we've seen this is where the Yankees have had success against the Astros before. They, 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 uh, of course, the, uh, the, the four series split last week. Uh, this is where the Yankees made some noise was against the Astros bullpen. So hopefully two innings left. We'll see if they can make some noise. Uh, we'll talk to Connor Rogers about the Mets and we'll continue with your calls. Also appointment radio, Tim Bontemps is going to join us on the show at nine o'clock in about 30 minutes, which is really great because there's, there's a lot of confusing, um, information, um, in regard to who the Nets could realistically trade for based on their deals. And so I think it's really important we get Tim Bontemps on to kind of break that down. Why can't they trade for Booker? What is that issue? So, um, or why can't they trade for Bam, um, Ida Beneo? So we're, we're going to find out all of that when Tim Bontemps joins us, of course, at 9 o'clock tonight right here on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> 
Connor Rogers, you see him all over Bleacher Report, is also uh, talks Mets with SNY, uh, joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, Connor, great to have you. How are you doing this evening? I'm good, Anita. Always good to talk to you. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. It's uh, It's been a fun show. I mean, it's been a wild few hours here in regard to uh, NBA free agency. Are, do you like? Do you have a team in this uh, in this game? Are you Knicks? Are you Nets? Do you, are, are you a fan of, of any NBA team? I'm a Knicks guy. You know, I'm a New Yorker, uh, always and forever, Anita. So I have suffered through decades now of the Knicks not uh, being too good for a while. But I, unlike a lot of people, am pretty, I don't know if excited is the term, but happy landing a guy like Brunson. So I'm sitting back and, you know, any, any talent added to the Knicks in my eyes is a good move. Yeah, I, listen, I, 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 I was a fan of Brunson um, with Dallas. Loved what he was able to do. Was thrilled once they traded KP away. I feel the team really changed immensely, especially with him and what he was able to do in the postseason. Um, you know, I just, you know, uh, four years over $100 million. I just, uh, but, but uh, you know, th- these NBA teams, they've got to spend this money. Uh, but I have you on to talk about some Major League Baseball, specifically the Mets, who you've got your finger on the pulse of this team better than most. And, and just to, to bring some of the Mets fans up to speed in regard to um, Max Scherzer as well as Jacob deGrom, let's start with Max. Um, you know, where, where does he stand right now? And, and I, I know we kind of had a little bit of a tease, right? We thought that maybe last Sunday we were going to see him uh, rejoin this rotation. That did not happen. What is the latest with Max Scherzer? So he's good to go. And he had the two rehab starts at the minor league level. Um, obviously got to throw to Francisco Alvarez with the Mets' top prospect that everybody's been really excited about for a while. And uh, he's good to go after the two rehab starts. So the benefit of that is making that second rehab start is that you are ultra confident that the oblique won't act up or inhibit you or limit you when you get to the major league level. So Max is good to go. And, you know, the Mets have a stretch here where they got the Rangers who have been kind of hovering a little bit or around 500 ball. You got the Reds who have been really, really bad this year, and you got the Marlins who the Mets have taken care of. The Mets have taken care of business against them. So Scherzer gets thrown back into the fold here, real soon, ready to return to the big league club in a full-time role. Uh, obviously, frontlining that rotation until Jacob Degrom is back. And boy, Anita, do they need him? You know, they've had a excellent season from Taiwan Walker so far. Chris Bassett's been solid. Uh, Carrasco struggled recently. You know, you just don't want to get into too many of these games and relying on a guy like David Peterson. You want the aces of your rotation out there every fifth day, and it sounds like Scherzer is ready to go to do exactly that. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've lost uh, three straight, uh, unfortunately. and um, But at the same time, I mean, you look at this record at 47-29, and 29, and, and for a large portion of it, they have not had their two aces. And, and that's, that's a topic of conversation I've had on a number of my shows, and that is, you know, when you – you, you look at this Yankees team, you look at this Mets team, and uh, chances are, in, in fact, the, the Brainiacs up in Bristol with the FPI, pro, chances of probability, they are in a crash course uh, to potentially face each other in the World Series. They have the second best odds that the Yankees and the Mets will face each other in the World Series. And so I kind of throw out the question, obviously, like, you know, Mets, Yankees, you know, even though both teams doing well, you can argue that the Mets are better than the Dodgers. Okay, you can argue that they're not, but they haven't had their two best pitchers in the rotation for the majority of the season. And so, you know, do we really have a good grip or a good understanding of just how great this Mets team is, considering that we haven't seen DeGrom all season 
and Scherzer has not been a part of the rotation for quite a while now. Right, that's the exact perfect way to put it, Anita, is the fact is we have not seen this team play with what they were supposed to be built on, and that was a potentially historic one and two with a guy like Jacob DeGrom that when healthy is the undisputed best pitcher in baseball right now. When healthy, that's a huge, huge you know, asterisk next to it. And Max Scherzer, who's been one of the best pitchers over the last 10 years and still throwing at a significantly pitching at a high level, uh, we have not seen them go back to back. And when you enter the playoffs, it's a different animal where your one, two often decides how far you can go. And when you have two guys that would be number ones on just about any team in baseball, that's a difference maker. Now with the Mets, you, you don't want to play the hopeful game or assumption game that Jacob DeGrom is going to come back. He's going to pitch the entire second half and he's going to lead them throughout the postseason because he's just had such a uh, variety of injuries over the last year. Anita. So you take one step at a time. He's getting ready to make a rehab start. It sounds like potentially uh, on Sunday, which would be the beginning of him returning. And then you take it from there. But I'll say this about the Mets and the Yankees. That is a, uh, a big time bright spot. They are going to be really aggressive at the deadline, and that's something that should excite, obviously, both fan bases. But with the Mets, because teams just aren't willing to sell this time of year. As we get close to the deadline, all the teams that are out of contention will look to get whatever they can for expiring contracts or relievers. And we know the Mets need bullpen help, and we know the Mets need a DH. Those two things are available at the deadline in a cost-effective manner every single season. So if you have the pitching coming back, that's usually the hardest part to solve. The Mets might be in a position where the easier things to solve are there for the taking, the reliever market, and a power bat. I just wonder, are they going to be going after the same players, the Mets and the Yankees? <laughs> I, would Im- I would imagine so. Um, in-, in regard to when we can realistically expect um, DeGrom to come back, um, are we looking at maybe July 11th when they start that series in Atlanta? They have three games against Atlanta. Then they're in Chicago, three games against the Cubs. And then, of course, they break for the All-Star break. Or are you not expecting to go on back until after the All-Star break? Yeah, I'm not expecting him back till after the All-Star break. I think that, number one, it's kind of what you said at the top. They've positioned themselves where, you know, yes, for the first time all season, they have lost three games in a row. That's unbelievable that we're saying that at the end of June. They have put themselves in a position where uh, they're not panicking right now. They're, and you never want to be comfortable. I'm not saying that's what the Mets are, but they're not looking at DeGrom to rush back and be a savior, especially with Scherzer back now. That's a, that's a big one here where they want DeGrom to be right. They want him to make multiple rehab starts, obviously. But I could see him making you know, maybe even four rehab starts where you go out and you throw an inning or two in the first one and then you ramp up from there for the last one's five innings and you come back to the big league mound and you're only throwing four to five innings in your first start back. I think it'll be right after the all-star break. And then you have a Mets team that they think they'll be firing on all cylinders. They'll have Jacob DeGrom back after the all-star break, pitching, you know, back-to-back with Scherzer. And that's right up against the trade deadline that is in the first few days of August. So this team could look uh, significant, quite different, I would say, after the all-star break. When you factor in DeGrom, you factor in some acquisitions, but they want to put their foot on the gas and, start to reclaim this bigger lead that they once had over the Braves. Again, uh, Connor Rogers joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. After the All-Star break is when the Subway Series and the regular season begins. Um, you've got two games at City Field, um, and, then, um, and then you've got two games at, in, in the Bronx. 
those are going to be a lot of fun. And, and, and I would imagine, right. Like the, like the trade deadline is like the beginning of August. So, um, I want to say that the games in the Bronx are mid to late August. So by that time, we'll have a clear indication of both these teams, as you said, and, and I speculate are going to be, I like to call it active and attractive at the trade deadline. So uh, th- those two games in the Bronx, I, I think are going to be really interesting because that very well could be a preview of potentially a Mets Yankees world series. Would you, how crazy, how insane would that be Connor? It would be truly unbelievable, Anita, if, they, if we have a Subway series, obviously. And you're right. These teams are on a bit of a crash course where mm-hmm. a lot of New Yorkers are hopeful right now. They're really hopeful. And those games in the Bronx are going to mean a lot because, you know, there might be a point where the Yankees are so far ahead it might not matter for their division. Um, and, and, you know, obviously the Mets are hoping the same thing, but they're a little tighter right now with the Braves. But it could come down to those teams looking to clinch the best record uh, in the National League and the American League where, you know, they want that home field and you want that title, uh, you want that momentum going into September. So, and, and like you said, the city will be firing on all cylinders. Everybody will be excited to watch the Mets go to the Bronx. Obviously, the Yankees coming to City Field in July, especially if Jacob DeGrom is back in the fold or you have a, a situation that DeGrom is pitching against the Yankees or Scherzer's pitching against the Yankees. Obviously, the Yankees pitching staff has been a really big-time nice surprise. Outside of Garrett Cole, you have Nestor Cortez, so when you look at it in that regard, uh, I think it's going to bring a lot of life to the city, especially at a time of year where, let's be real, the excitement around the Jets and Giants, while it's starting to finally turn, it has not been what we're accustomed to over the last couple of years. But with the Mets and the Yankees playing this well during the regular MLB season, it's going to be electric in New York in late summer. Connor, before we let you go, let folks know um, how can they find you? Where can they hear all your information and, and, and all the shows you do pertaining to the Mets? Absolutely. Right on SNY, we are the Mets pod uh, at Connor J. Rogers on Twitter. But the Mets pod uh, drops every single Tuesday right on SNY TV, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SNY's YouTube uh, and all of that. So, Nita, thanks so much for having me. It's always great to catch up with you. Yeah, I always, always love when you join us and so appreciate your time, Connor. Thank you so much. You have a great night. You too. Connor Rogers, again, joining us. Make sure you follow him. Great follow and just really, really talented and does a phenomenal job, not just for SNY, but for Bleacher Report as well. I typically have him on talking Jets and Giants um, because he's, he's so, uh, especially during the draft, he's just, he's so knowledgeable but, uh, but also is working with SNY when it comes to the Mets. So exciting news in regards to the Mets. Interesting news when it comes to the Yankees. It is top of the eighth, two outs. Now, here's what the concern is. If if you really pay attention to what Judge and Rizzo and Stanton do in this lineup against strong right-handed pitchers, not much. So, um, and that's it. So, uh, so now... The eighth is is over. So so just to l- let me rewind. Astros are up right now two one against the Yankees. Um, it was top of the eighth, and uh, you had really let's be honest uh, the, the 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 crux of this lineup, and you had uh, Judge and Rizzo strike out. Stanton had a, a single, and then unfortunately Donaldson couldn't do anything with it and bring him home. So now the eighth is done. Now we're into the ninth. Um, and uh, we'll see what happens. Hopefully the Yankees could hold the Astros to no more runs, and then they have the ninth inning 
to try to score at least one run to send it into uh, to, to, to extra innings or not. But this is one thing. Pay attention to the statistics here. I mean, I, I know we're, we're, we're Google Gaga over the Yankees. They're having a great season. But when you look at that part of the lineup, when it comes to uh, Stanton and Judge, or, or Judge and, uh, and Rizzo and Stanton, when they go up against strong right-handed pitchers, they do not do well. And that's a concern. And, of course, when you get to, to the bottom part of the lineup with Gallo and, and, and Hicks, um, you know, you're, 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 you're biting your fingernails, you're sitting on the edge of your couch hoping that they can make something happen. So as we just heard from Connor, he said both the Mets and the Yankees are going to be active and attractive and aggressive as we get closer to the trade deadline, which will be in the beginning of August, and they're going to need to because, you know, I'm not sitting here telling you that, I'm, you know, I believe in this Yankees team. I believe that they have the makeup. In, in, in every area that you need to win a World Series, they have it. But when they go up against teams, they're going to have to get through the Houston Astros in order to get to the World Series. And in order to do that, they're going to have to improve this lineup. They just are. So, um, so there's that. Beetle Marks with you. Let's get right to it. Tim Bontemps is joining us. You see him all over ESPN doing a phenomenal job all day long, Tim. So please know how much we appreciate your time here uh, on 98.7 ESPN. First things first, let's dive right into it. KD requesting a trade. He wants out. What is the latest? Where do you think he's going to go? Well, I mean, it's a matter, Anita, of seeing how these negotiations play out on the second part. But, I mean, where we are is the NBA is waiting to see what's going to happen with generational talent, frankly, a a multi-generational talent um, in Kevin Durant and where he's going to go. And the thing that makes this especially fascinating from a value standpoint for Brooklyn coming back is that Kevin Durant is starting on Friday, a four-year, nearly $200 million extension he signed last offseason. So, when you look at this situation in Brooklyn, you not only have one of the best players in the world being traded theoretically here, you have one that's signed for the next four years, which potentially could get a lot of teams involved that otherwise might not be interested. Well, two teams uh, that, that have been on uh, really uh, the front burner in, in talking about him potentially getting trade is Phoenix and the Miami Heat. But, but also, you know, there's the, it's, it's, it's really confusing, at least as to me, in regard to like, okay, so if it's Phoenix... Uh, you, Booker can't be a part of the deal because of his contract. It's just, you know, it's just very, everything is very, very confusing. So if, 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 well, if you let's were not in- even, let's not even, let's not even look at it that way. So let, let's, let's go back to 2004 when another one of the top 10 or 15 greatest players of all time, like Kevin Durant, Shaquille O'Neal was traded from the LA Lakers to the Miami Heat. Right. And let's look at how that negotiation played out at the time. The, Heat, the Lakers came to the Heat and said, we would like Dwayne Wade, who at that point was coming off his rookie season. He said, we are not trading Dwayne Wade under any circumstances for anybody. So then, a little while later, the Heat come back and say, well, what about Lamar Odom? And although the Heat had spent years trying to get Lamar Odom and just had had a fun run in the playoffs with him and Karan Butler and Dwayne Wade, ultimately they decided they were going to have to give up something to get Shaquille O'Neal. They ultimately ended up trading Lamar Odom and Karan Butler with some draft compensation to the Los Angeles Lakers for Shaquille O'Neal. So I think when you talk about Devin Booker or Bam Adebayo or these elite young players being on the block, those teams are going to say, no, we don't want to trade that guy. So then it goes to the next guy after that, right? So don't worry about the fact that, you know, Simmons can't, because this was Nets have Ben Simmons, they can't trade for some of these other players. Focus on these teams are going to, the Nets are going to be looking for a lot of talent from an on-court standpoint, 
and a lot of talent from a draft value standpoint. That's why, to me, to go back to your first question, I think the team that makes a lot of sense here and checks a lot of boxes are the Phoenix Suns because they have Mikael Bridges, they have DeAndre Ayton, who they can put in a sign and trade, and they have Cam Johnson. They have control of every one of their draft picks for the next seven years. That is the kind of package the Nets are looking at for Kevin Durant, I think, ultimately. Trying to get as many controllable young players as they can who are ready to help them win now and draft competition that can replenish the conference. Because remember, Anita, the Nets traded basically their, their drafts for the rest of the time for James Harden 18 months ago, which feels like right now 18 years ago. So when you're looking at this situation, the Nets probably can't bottom out like a lot of teams might in the situation to just get all young guys. they got to get guys who can help them win now and draft compensation. So I think for fans listening at home, trying to think about where this is going to go, think about how that Shaquille and Neil deal played out and use that as a guide for how this one could play out here over the next couple of weeks. Tim Bontemps joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. All right, let's talk about Kyrie and what potentially could happen there. Uh, you know, considering that, that he is, uh, you know, um, sending out a, a PSA saying, hey, listen, uh, whoever, if, if somebody trades for me, I'm only going to be with you for one year because ultimately I want to go to the Lakers. It, it's really, it's not giving the Nets any leverage. Do you, do you anticipate a deal getting done with the Lakers now in exchange for maybe a Westbrook, something like that? Because really, Kyrie's really put them in a, in a really bad situation, right, Tim? Well, we'll see. I mean, Kyrie is signed for one year, right? And I think it, it's one thing, you know, it's sort of the inverse of the Durant situation, right? Most really talented players, you want them to be signed for long-term deals because you have the ability to know they'll be on your team for a long time, right? With Kyrie Irving, it's almost better to have him on your team for a shorter amount of time. And so in this situation, the fact that he opted into that deal, he has one year left on his contract, it does give the Nets, I think, some flexibility in that I think there might be more teams then would have been interested in doing a sign-and-trade where they have to sign up for three years to go get him for one year and see how it goes. And so, you know, look, the Lakers are desperate. That's why they were willing to give Kyrie a long-term deal in a sign-and-trade. I think they could be potentially an option here in a deal with the Nets to get Kyrie, assuming Durant gets traded elsewhere. But when I look at this situation, I am not convinced it's Lakers or bust in terms of deals for Kyrie, even if that is maybe the most likely outcome just because of the fact that because he is on that one-year deal and he is a talented player, I think you could see teams take a flyer on it and see how it goes, and that could open up a little bit bigger of a marketplace. Tim, before we start talking about the Knicks, I, I'm just curious. I, I feel like this has been a roller coaster ride for the last 48 hours. It's been a roller coaster ride for the last year, but, but specifically in regard to like when Kyrie was like, okay, I'm going to opt in, you know, the reports out there were, okay, Kyrie, Katie, and Ben Simmons are going to give it one last college try this season, see what they can do. And then all of a sudden, this news breaks today. You know, what, 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 how did we get here? How did, how did Katie and Ky- how did we get here? Has this been in the works? Or was this something that, you know, th- that was created overnight? Well, I would say we got here. Um, back in October when Kyrie Irving declined to get vaccinated um, ahead of the start of the season. I think that's really where this all started. And then second moment is when the Nets had Kyrie Irving come back and be part of the, uh, be part of the team without getting vaccinated in December. That was sort of the beginning of the end of James Harden's time in Brooklyn. So to me, it's those two pivot points. If Kyrie had gotten the vaccine in October and had been able to play in every game, this very well may have played out totally differently. Obviously, you never know. But I think that's the moment where when you look back on it, um, things that was when things started to change 
uh, in Brooklyn, and it's what led to, I think, pretty fairly, everything that's happened since. Interesting. All right, before we let you go, uh, what what is the latest in regards to the Knicks in, in Brunson? Uh, reports are that he's already notified the Mavs that he's uh, he's going to sign with the Knicks. Can you confirm that? I cannot at the moment. I was working on other things. Um, you know, I know that uh, my colleague Timmy McMahon has been all over that deal. Um, but look, I think it certainly seems like it's headed in the direction of Jalen Brunson coming to the Knicks. Um, they cleared a bunch of cap space to sign him. He has a ton of family ties there. Um, certainly think it's likely. Don't, don't think it's done quite yet. Um, but I would expect that by the time next season rolls around, certainly, and who knows uh, when exactly it'll be done, but I think Jalen Brunson's going to be a Nick, and he's going to be their starting point guard at the start of the 2022-23 season, something I cannot say about either Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant in Brooklyn. Right. Tim, thank you so much for your time tonight. Again, great work. I've been watching you all day on ESPN, and uh, I know it's been a long day, and I appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. Talk to you soon. You got it. Tim Bontemps joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. So, you know, again, in, in regard to what's out there on social media and, and is, is Booker available? Is this, Tim's like, well, listen, you know, sometime, some, somehow, sometimes teams find a way, right? So don't just immediately eliminate and say, no, this player is not available. That player is not available. S- somehow, some way, teams find a way. And, and of course, he went back. I was actually in Miami um, when um, when that trade deal went down and, and Shaquille O'Neal came to the Miami Heat. Actually, it was my last year. I was living in Miami, um, and then I moved to Baltimore right after that. So um, I remember that deal going down and, uh, and, 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 and recall vaguely, but, but recall all the obstacles around that deal getting done and, and who was going to go where and, and who was going to be a part of that trade. And, uh, and, and in the 11th hour, it finally worked out. And then of course, I'll never forget this. I was actually, I was working for a CBS station down there and, uh, and I was actually there at the AAA when Shaquille O'Neal arrived and he came, I'll never forget. He came down the street in this 18 wheeler, um, with a water gun (laughs) and he was shooting everybody with his water gun. His whole family was in the 18-wheeler. Everybody came out. It was a big to-do, ta-da. It was a, it was, it was a big arrival. Um, I, I do remember that like it was yesterday. But nonetheless, Tim kind of using, using that deal and how that went down with Shaquille O'Neal coming to Miami as an example of, hey, listen, uh, you know, a lot of teams, uh, if, if, if there's a certain player that they want, um, they, they can make it happen. They could work it out. Obviously, um, you know, a lot would go into it and, and certain players would have to be traded and not be on this team for another player to be able to be uh, on the nets. But nonetheless, um, this is going to be interesting to see how this, this, this all unfolds. And also, you know, and, and I want to bring our producers in here for a minute and, and Jacob and, and Jake, because, you know, we've been working together for a while and, and I recall like you, when when the start of the season and we knew that Kyrie was not vaccinated and he was not going to be vaccinated and he was not going to play at home games, I said, if I'm Harden and I'm KD, I am pissed off. I am irate. I'm like, I came here for this? Like, and here's another thing. And, and not that I agree, I agree. I'm totally vaxxed. I'm, I'm, you know, I do believe in COVID, all that. I'm... 
I, I, and, but I respect people's opinion in their decision to not get vaxxed. If they feel, if, if they're, if they're scared of the vaccine, okay, I understand. I don't agree with it, but I understand it. That wasn't even the case with Kyrie. It wasn't even about him being an anti-vaxxer. He was standing and it was very noble what he was doing. He was standing up for, you know, the government workers that were forced to take the vaccine in order to continue to have their jobs. So he was making a stand for them. But at the same time, you are putting them above Harden and KD. And then I think it's interesting what, what, what Tim just shared with us. It wasn't just the fact that he didn't get vaxxed. It's the fact that the Nets allowed him to come back and play home game or, or away games when he was unvaxxed. And, and, and that did not sit well with Katie or, or, or Harden, which I find interesting. This is the first I'm hearing that. I'm not sure if this is the first you guys are hearing it. But, you know, if you guys recall in us doing shows together, I was just like, how, how, is, how is Katie and Harden not irate about, about this situation? I, the, the point is for these three guys to come together and win a championship here. And, and again, as admirable as it was to put government workers in that stance ahead of what, what was a, a realistic possibility here with the Nets, to me was mind-blowing. Agree or disagree? I definitely agree. And it's just interesting to think about this whole dynamic of what could have been. I saw a stat before that kind of blew my mind. Uh, Clay Thompson this year missed half of the season with an ACL injury. This year, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson still played together in 45 games. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving only played in 44 games together in three years as teammates. So it's just a what could have been. I mean, when they first got added, Durant, Irving, and Harden, there was conversation that this was going to be the best big three that we've ever seen. And just the fact that we didn't get to see it at all, even as a Knicks fan, makes you kind of stop and think what could have been if, you know, if there wasn't a pandemic and Kyrie could have played in all the games. It's just a lot of what could have been's and what ifs. And it's kind of crazy to think that this is going to be how it all ends. Um, again, Tim Bontemps joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Very interesting. Uh, great insight in regard to uh, what, what potentially uh, could happen with Katie and where he can go. He's saying the Phoenix Suns. Um, also reporting that, uh, that Brunson, he does believe that Brunson is going to sign the deal with the Knicks and, and be their starting point guard uh, heading into next year. But my probably my, very surprising, my question to him is, how did we get here in regard to Katie and Kyrie? And uh, he went back to the, the, the decision for Kyrie to be not vaccinated. And uh, not only that, but the team to accept him back and have him play on road games, even when he was not vaccinated. That didn't sit well with Katie and Harden. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.